Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ash Wednesday is the beginning of a great season in the church year. It's one where we hear great texts from God's word about what it means to be contrite in heart, what it means to turn away from our sin, what it means to have grace granted to you freely through no doing of your own. That when we hear from our text for today, some might say these are hard to preach on. Some of these might be hard to understand. When I was at the seminary, they said, you know, preaching the law is really hard. The more I go on, though, I figured out that it's not the preaching the law that's hard. It's what people might say to you for preaching the law that gets hard. Because in our text for today is a bunch of law. But it is not law that only crushes you. We have this word that the law, the law, excuse me, the law always accuses. Some people confuse that to mean that the law can only accuse you. And some would disagree about the so-called third use of the law that is only for Christians now who have been washed and cleaned and sanctified by Christ. Some might take that into contention, but those who typically do don't really care about the law in the sense of what it really means for their lives day in and day out. They only see it as something that crushes them, that they're forgiven for, and now they just move on, not having to worry about it anymore. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that is not the Christian way. The Christian way is to do as Christ says to do in faith that has been given to you as a free gift. When he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Baptizing is not by itself. Baptizing goes along with teaching and teaching on how to live. Because when you are baptized, when you are washed clean of your sin, you are no longer the old sinful mess that you once were. You are a new creation in Christ and you walk according to his way. Not according to your doing and your power and your will, but according to God's will and God's power, and God's doing. That is the Christian life, to walk humbly with God, to trust in Him for all things. And very much do we forget that when we are baptized and given the gift of faith in the Holy Spirit, that now we are in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. 
Our good works accompany our faith, but they are not to be for our own glory. They are to be only for the glory of God. And that's the difference. When other people who are not Christian, who do not know Christ, feed people, help people, clothe people, they may be doing it for the good of others. But without faith, it means nothing. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing without Christ. So that when we read these texts about law, we have to see it in the light as those who are crucified with Christ, as those who are raised with Christ to live a new life and to walk in his light. So that when we hear these words, we don't need to twist them and have them mean something they don't clearly say. That when Jesus says, not if you give to the needy, but when. Not if you pray, if you find time for it. No, when you pray. And likewise, one that's very neglected today is when you fast. I don't really care what you fast from, to be honest with you. If you want to skip a meal, if you want to not eat sweets, candy, carbs, if you don't want to drink beer or alcohol or drink any caffeine or whatever, it doesn't really matter to me as long as you fast from something that would otherwise deprive you of hearing or reading or speaking God's word. That's what it means to fast in the proper context. A lot of people use it for some fad for diet, which, sure, it's fine for if you want to lose a few pounds, skip a meal every once in a while. But for us as Christians, we do it so that we would learn that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That we would do it in joy. And wash our faces so that we would not be seen by others as groaning and saying, oh, you know, this Lent's really tough this time around. But to be in joy, to give thanks to God for the opportunity to subdue the flesh, to suffer so that your spirit might flourish, so that you might be given the opportunity to give more, to pray more, to read God's word more, to come to church and hear God's word preached to you more. It is an exchange. It is a training. It is the supplementing of your faith, as Peter says. And like I said, if you read this rightly from the eyes of faith, you don't have to twist things to say, well, I don't think Peter really meant it this way. No, he really did mean it. Supplement your faith with virtue, with knowledge, with self-control, with steadfastness, with godliness, with brotherly affection, and with love, not by themselves and separate, but those things flow from faith. They correspond to it. And it's this beautiful cycle that it continues to feed your faith, that in faith, if you pursue good things according to God's will, if you pursue the knowledge of his 
will, if you pursue self-control because that is his will for you and a fruit of the Spirit, if you pursue these things in faith, if you pursue steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, Peter is right because it's not just Peter talking, it is the Holy Spirit speaking through him that says, if you If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted, so myopic, that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Let me say that again. You will never fall. Not because you are so strong, but because God is strong enough to carry you through. Because God is strong enough to show you what is good and to help you attain it. Sadly, not perfectly in this life, but that is the Christian life. We are sinners and we are saints. Everything we do is tainted with some sin, but nonetheless, good can come from it, and thanks be to God alone. I don't mean to be barking all this at you. I just get excited because the Christian life is exciting, it is bracing, it is wonderful. It is a struggle, but it is a glorious struggle. It is one where we walk, not in darkness, but in light. And not according to our own light, because really we know nothing but darkness apart from Christ. We walk in this dark world, reflecting God's light to all. We walk according to his will. We gather to hear his word. We hear of how God's law breaks our hearts. That when Joel, when the Lord says through the prophet Joel, rend your hearts and not your garments, that is a gift of God. That your hearts would be broken so that all of the darkness would be exposed and God can shine his light into it. To turn your heart from stone to a heart of flesh to wash you clean of your sin so that you would walk in the newness of life according to the Spirit that now lives in you as a temple of of that same Spirit. That during this time of Lent, we should be reminded that all of our lives is a time of turning away from sin and turning to God, not according to our power, but according to God's power. This time of Lent is the intensified time, thankfully, for us to realize what it is we put our full fear, love, and trust in. What is it that we fully fear, love, and trust in above all things? And if it is not God, And that is idolatry, and we are doomed. So if that is the case, let us turn from our sins according to God's word, trusting in him, 
Fearing, loving, and trusting in the one who forgives sins, who washes us clean, who sets us on the right path and directs our steps. Fearing, loving, and trusting him, laying our treasures where moth nor rust, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Let us set our hearts on those things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. For where our treasure is, there our hearts, there our hearts will, there our hearts will, will be also. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.